0: For February 8th, 2021, it's the Overthinking at Podcast, episode 658 A Didgery of Do's. overthinking it where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve the overthinkers are like your smart funny friends from the internet we're never happier than when we are kicking back on a couch together watching the big game and just housing some nachos housing some nachos uh i'm matt and uh sitting next to me on this virtual couch is Pete Fenzel. hey pete how are you doing you know, I'm doing great, Matt. I'm well nourished. <laughs> me, me too. I I don't know if that's uh, that the game gets later and later that we get older and older. Um, but uh, I I really I kind of needed a nap somewhere in the third quarter. I my, my eyes were closing. Apparently, we,
1: so did the Kansas City Chiefs. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear. Uh all right, this is our uh this is our um our annual Super Bowl and Super Bowl commercials show. We are moments away from the halftime show, uh the generic Trader Joe's store brand beer halftime show featuring uh, featuring a special guest will be will be coming up soon. But first, Pete, first half of the podcast, blowing the <laughs> blowing the whistle. Do you uh, you won the toss? Do you elect to receive a question or to ask a question? Okay, I, I will. I will. I will I'll receive at okay. first. So, Pete, first question is: What the hell is up with all this football? What just <laughs> happened?
1: Okay, I want to since I figure a lot of our listeners don't really watch football. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not all of them, but probably a lot. Certainly not American football for everybody. I want to give you a very brief kind of narrative for what happened in this game that is different from the narrative you're going to hear in the press and by my estimation is better. But you probably could get a better one for people who care about football even more than me. So the the narrative you're going to hear from the So what happened is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, really annihilated the Kansas City Chiefs. It was, uh, what, 31 to 9, Right. So big, big difference in score, uh, and it was positioned as a duel between two quarterbacks—an old quarterback, Tom Brady, who has won tons of Super Bowls and been to tons of Super Bowls, and is 43 years old and should have retired a long time ago. But uh, he—he's on a special diet and he doesn't he eats crayons and whatnot, and, and he. Uh, Purchases toxins and and he's doing great uh and then patrick mahomes who is the sort of up and coming or sort of up in here because he already won the super bowl once uh 25 year old athletic phenom marvelous quarterback and what you'll probably hear is something along the lines of like you know in the duel brady was just too much he was just too good it proved that tom brady still has it Right. And Tom Brady won. And, and the passing of the torch that this was expected to be is not going to happen for another year or two. Right. We're going to see what happens if Brady's going to keep playing. And it was a disappointing game for the Chiefs uh, because they, they weren't able to mount an effective, uh, an effective counter to Brady. I'm going to I just gonna put it out there. I don't think Tom Brady was that important to this game. Um, and Tom Brady's great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, in terms of being a football player. Right. What, how you feel about him personally, uh, you know, nobody's perfect. And the man certainly has his has his
0: flaws. Uh, But you're saying you're saying that that Trump supporter and noted football cheater Tom Brady has his flaws.
1: uh, Yes, (laughs) I I would. But I would also venture to say that that I, I do not ascribe to Tom Brady sufficient. Uh, political intentionality to truly think of him as a Trump supporter. Um, I believe he is a a Trump having played golf golf with her, who uh, who who is is blind to the suffering of others. <laughs> but um, and thus is because is, he's very focused on football. Okay, he doesn't care about other people's problems. That's not true. He does a lot of charity work, of course. But yeah, no, he's on the wrong side of history in a lot of ways, and. Uh, and his his book and his kind of special training se- se- seminars or whatever. I don't even know what he does. A little weird, right? Um, anyway, the point being that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a phenomenal defense. This is what actually happened in this game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a phenomenal defense that kept one of the best off- offensive weapons in the league to virtually no impact. Uh, he was weakened somewhat by injuries in his line. Uh, in his in his blockers, but that's no in particular excuse for how poorly it went. It is the first game Patrick Mahomes has ever lost by more than nine points, yeah. as you might have heard on the, on the broadcast, and he lost it by uh, 22 points, which is quite a bit more than
0: nine. And he was just, it, get, he yeah. was just getting steamrolled. I mean, I know he's 25 yeah. and I'm 40, but I just like, it's like, oh, that's a human body. Uh, like, ouch, 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 ouch. Yeah. They, you know, he got sacked like, what, nine times? eight times, something like that. Like he, they, they got to him like, and the, the, the line just, just crumbled sort of. And, and it was not, yeah. I don't know. And like and like in the midst of it I don't even I don't even really fully know enough about football to really appreciate it or talk about it intelligently, but I could see like him getting throws off just as he's being tackled and as he's like midway sort of falling through the air in a slow motion action movie like no. <laughs> <laughs> like during that to just fire off uh fire off a shot more than once that yeah. uh that hits your that hits your receiver in the face mask and then bounces off either for yeah. <laughs> an incompletion or an interception. Like yeah. that happened more than once. It was like, it was, uh, I sort of felt like I was watching a, uh, a, a superhero, you know, uh, Superman, like with the kryptonite necklace on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and like when he's he's falling over in the process of being sacked and, and hucks it from 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage into the back corner of the end zone, which is caught with a perfect diving grab, except it's about a foot and a half over the out-of-bounds uh. line, right? Like that that kind of thing. And then on the other side, there were just tons of penalties, especially early on. Uh, and, and I know that the, obviously there is... Some impressiveness in the offensive performance, as well, but I think the penalties were a big score so you too. don't think
0: so Pete you don't fault Tom Brady for having paid off the the referees
1: <laughs> ah. Why would Tom Brady need to pay off the referees? <laughs> there is far more money to be made gambling on the game than there is <laughs> in taking bribes, as is evidenced by official official game sponsor, DraftKings, right? Which <laughs> or whatever. Anyway, um, anyway, that's probably all the football that you you need to know for this uh Mahomes was is is known as being both a mobile and a hard-throwing quarterback. Uh mobile quarterbacks have a certain drawback in that they expose themselves to uh losses of yardage more frequently through sacks behind the line of scrimmage. Uh that happened in this game a lot. Uh and uh cuz if you just stand still, you can only lose as many yards as you walk backwards. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, Peter, I feel like that should be said in a the Southern problem.
0: accent with some like with some inspirational music like Sam, Sam, uh, what's his name? Sam Elliott should say that like, if you stand still, you can only lose as many yards as you walk backwards, you know, old quarterback, old quarterback
1: stay in the pocket. Because <laughs> the pockets as far as you go, and uh, if you're going to go down, you best. It's a good thing to pick your grave, <laughs> right? It's uh, <laughs> uh, rather than run into the river. Um, anyway, that's all the football we need to talk about uh, for for this. We can talk about the commercials. That's the sensible purpose we're here, right? That is, is, that, is the-
0: that is what we've done low low this this decade plus. So uh, you know, I don't know. Let's let's dive in. I, I, a couple things. I I noticed, but first Pete, you, you are really the great synthesizer, the great synthesizer. It always what... makes
1: me uncomfortable when you say this, but <laughs> I always want you to say it anyway. For
0: 10, for ten 13 years, it's made yeah. you uncomfortable for that. Like a, like a Yamaha DX seven, you know, just a great <laughs> synthesizer. Um, and it, uh, it really like that, that, uh, I, I just want to call up that one read patch that was on all the pop hits of the, of the eighties. Um, what do you think uh if in so far if you if you had to to put words to it say for a podcast what would you say that the the kind of the overarching theme of the you know Lion Share the kind of middle 80% of the ads were this year So for me this was what I experienced and I'm
1: curious to hear what you experienced with it It felt to me that or it seemed to me that the unifying theme across all of them was that the advertisers couldn't relate to the people watching the TV show, either because they didn't know who they were or the things that were happening were too intense or there wasn't a sort of an easy thing to grab onto in terms of a cultural current that they could openly talk about in a way that felt authentic or not even authentic that way that felt purposeful, right? That felt like it wasn't just, um, backpedaling and, and butt covering and whatnot. um, very few, I think, of the commercials achieved much in the way of a purpose that connected to something that mattered to the audience. I think that this, the commercials, by and large, were, I'm going to come to you with my problems, right? My problems as a brand, my problems as a product, and they're either going to be positioned as, you know, actual problems with, or they're going to be positioned as things that are making me suffer, which we will laugh about. Or they'll be positioned as things that I am overcoming, right? Like, I'm overcoming my problems. And and I presume, because I'm paying for this, that you want to hear me talk about it. Uh, And and it's a lot of the advertisers, it seemed to me, framing the thing that they care about as the thing that their customers care about in a way that felt notably off-base. And I, I guess I want to talk, I should talk about my favorite ad, uh, that exemplified this trend, and hmm. then I'll I'll see the floor because because this isn't my favorite ad overall because there are ads that notably broke from this trend, but I felt like a lot of the ads hewed to this right. And one of the ads that really stood out to me as as my favorite kind of truth dodging ad was the uh, was the Mountain Dew ad with John Cena. Do you remember this ad? <laughs> this ad was bonkers.
0: Describe <laughs> this was, yeah. So describe it because maybe someone didn't see the whole thing, the whole show. So,
1: so professional wrestler and or I guess. Professional wrestler and star of the Oscar nominated film Ferdinand, John Cena, uh, uh, who was visible throughout the commercial, much to the surprise of his of his nation. Uh, was, uh, he was, he's in a commercial where he's driving a, a fantastical car down a fantastical street in a fantastical land. And everything is pink. It's like Dr. And Seuss,
0: it's like Dr. Seuss land or something. Yes, yeah, yes, pink, yes. exactly. Like bright. It's like
1: cartoonish and CGI and, and bright pinks and bits of greens and clashes colors and everything. the geometries are impossible and the tone is bubbly and and inaccessible right it's it's uh it's really quite profound but it's it's he's in this sort of fantasy candy land of soda of mountain dew soda but with this sort of like uh uh kind of doggy fizzle televisal bit of vibe to it a little bit of wonder thrown in there for good measure <laughs> just this sort of c- crazy wacky dr seussian uh, mountain dew scape and, and he's like, and, and so we're sort of waiting to hear, like, what's the pitch, right? Like, what's going to happen? We're in this crazy place. Like, what's going to, to happen in this place that's going to warrant this setup? And you remember what happens, right, Matt?
0: Uh, Well, a bunch of a bunch of like melon birds go by everything is melon right it's uh yes
1: yes it's melon a, flavored that's b- right yeah bunch
0: of mountain dew uh yeah. things and then i mean i don't know the thing was i was trying to count the bottles because uh, yes. what was announced <laughs> was that there was a contest <laughs> yes, to yes. count all of the mountain dew bottles in the uh in the yes. thing which must have been the second most paused ad behind the 5 second reddit ad <laughs>
1: Oh, I didn't even see that one. Oh, I mean, there was a five-second Reddit ad?
0: Yeah, Reddit put just a card up on five seconds. That was like a, a full screen of text, and you had to oh. like be DVRing it, pause and rewind to read the... <laughs> uh, the Reddit text. And it was a little bit of like, uh, here's to the, the myth breakers, the path breakers, the ones who break the paths and the myths and little, <laughs> little, uh little bunch of things might be going to the moon or, you know, like we're going to ride this <laughs> rocket guys or something like that. It's like right. Reddit is the, is the place for the people who don't accept the, the standard way of looking at things, Um right. which is laughable, but, but there you go.
1: But the idea is that John Cena, abruptly and immediately introduces a bizarre problem to the audience, which is that the trunk of my car has flown off open and a, what do you call them? A didgerie of dues, right? (laughs) Like a a large group of mountain Dews (laughs) (laughs) flies out of the back of his car. And he's like, count them and put it on Twitter. Bye. Right. Like you could win a million dollars. Bye. It's just this sort of thing of like, they, they, they've created the problem that the mountain dew has fallen out of the car they don't want a solution to the problem, but they want you to like help them identify how much Mountain Dew is, has fallen out of the car. And then lacking an ending to the story, they're just going to spend the other million dollars that they were going to spend on the ad, paying you to come up with, with the number of Mountain Dew bottles that have come out well, of the that's, car. I mean, that's,
0: <laughs> that's really – it's really appropriate to, to – 2020 pete because like the the year that we've just had because there is a real kind of actuarial challenge in 2020 <laughs> you know and being able to count like uh you know we all suffer losses in life sometimes those losses are are catastrophic as in a uh uh global pandemic where your country botches the the response and the the mitigation uh of the disease so the 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 all we can do really is count count our dead all we can do you know <laughs> do is, the do right is all,
1: count the do? all
0: we can do the do is you know be, do, we've we've done the do and and uh we don't know what we don't we don't even know what we've lost that's what i'm saying all we yeah. can do is sort of reckon up our losses
1: if you are the manufacturer of 3d or uh doritos then converting a two-dimensional object into a three-dimensional object is for you still a present and really urgent problem that you need to solve on a daily basis. So if you want to introduce that problem to everybody else, maybe somebody will step away from their, uh, you know, their sort of weeping over the state of humanity to uh, assist you or to commiserate with you over the difficulty of uh, really going to a great deal of effort to produce a quite unpopular snack. Sure. So it's uh, but anyway, sorry. Did did you uh, I know halftime is going to come up pretty soon. But uh, did you have another uh, thesis that you well, wanted yeah. to throw
0: in? Well, I, I don't have a thesis so much as I have an antithesis. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I have a Super Bowl ca- halftime antithesis. And like I, I sort of I, it relates to, to what you're saying, but comes at it from a, a slightly different angle. So maybe we could do that. Then we'll break for the halftime show and come back with the Super Bowl halftime. Uh with the Super Bowl commercial synthesis at the uh, at the very end. But the um the thing that I noticed is like, you know, there was a word that was not said, right? Uh the word COVID didn't appear. Mm in or pandemic or disease or sick sickness illness and i get it like commercials are aspirational they're most or they're supposed to make you feel good about buying things or wanting to buy things um and so like bumming you out is probably uh not a way to do that unless they're unless they're like subtly negging you the way that you know the way that like uh uh like a like a guy with a big hat long hair and like one painted fingernail at a at a single bar might uh if this were the the mid-2000s but like um they so so yeah it was the the to me the the presence was sort of the presence of an absence right and so what happened was like how do we deal with you know how do we deal with the idea how do we deal with the idea that there is this kind of unspeakable thing like that there's kind of an unspeakable truth or secret that we can't, that we can't bring up, that we can't vocalize. So I think like a lot of, I would attribute the phenomenon you're describing to this, right? Like, okay. Like I can't really relate to you. So like, get, let me have a sort of fabricated problem <laughs> to talk about. Some of like, them were, some of them were real problems, but they were still deflections. Yeah. A lot of the time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're, they're yeah. sort of displacements of the, you know, of the real thing. It, it, it's kind of like, I mean, that I know we should talk about Sesame Street because Sesame Street, uh, really appeared in an ad to their everlasting shame. But the, um, but like it's a little bit one of the best analyses I've ever read of, uh, the cat in the hat, which is a real sentence that I just said. Well, it's a real, uh, <laughs> it's a real dependent clause, I suppose, is, um, uh, it sort of focuses on the fact that the kids are ultimately unsatisfied by, the cat's distractions because what they really want is for mom to come home. Right. And like, we don't, we don't want to be distracted. We don't want to be entertained. You know, we don't want to be diverted. We want to be taken care of. Right. And in a time when it's like very sort of scary for people, um and also everyone, everyone just like psychologically is really running on fumes because a lot you know whether what where whatever your your position on the the um continuum of, of introversion or extroversion right like the presence of other people you know uh, around you sort of re centers a lot of uh, psychological processes in a way that has not been happening. Um, not been happening now and it's not just like kids who are growing up so poorly socialized cuz they can't go to elementary school anymore it's it's all of us who are sort of losing a little something right there there was a sort of tendency in some of these ads where i think i think you could argue the claim is being made uh that i am the only person that exists right mm. that that i am like and that you like not only do you so your problems not matter to me, but that like y- you don't exist like y- you sort of don't have um, it's a real problem of other minds kind of thing, I suppose, right like you don't have uh, the status of an agent uh, in you know in my universe which consists um, consists entirely of me. And I think it doesn't help that a lot of digital conveniences are are sold. Uh, in the way of like, get exactly what you want at precisely the moment that you want it. And anything that stands in the way of this is bad, you know? Um, and the, you know, the idea, the idea, what, what did you say as we were texting like, uh, the, the Michelob ad or the Michelob ultra ad or something where they're like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it doesn't matter, uh, if you, you know, if you're good at sports, really the most important thing is that you're happy. Like, no, it's not, like, lifting weights hurts. Yes. <laughs> you know? Like, well, they were like,
1: oh, what if the whole thing were joy? And it's like, it's not all joy. <laughs> Serena Williams had to take a lot of ice baths, right? Like, it's it's pain, right? Yeah. It's suffering, And the fact, right? It, it is you've fun, ever, you know? If you've ever, still. like, put
0: your, it had to, like, put your foot even in an ice bath and felt the, like, the excruciating sensation of that, a human being would only dunk themselves, him or herself, into an ice bath if the alternative were worse. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, And so that says something about what athletes go through is that the, the torture of, you know, being submerged in near freezing water uh, is preferable to what you would otherwise feel in that thing. But like, yeah. So, you know, that like, it, it should be happy. I, so the other, the other thing um, that I'll just sort of throw out there and, and give you a chance to respond before we go to halftime is, is that a lot of these were shot, I think like, like individually on green screens, uh, like the, the Paramount ad certainly was, you know, no way all of those people were in the same studio together at the, at the same time. Um, and the, I mean, they didn't get the real Beavis and the real butthead, you know, to come, <laughs> <laughs> to come in and and do that. And I think it had a, a kind of an uncanny effect, um, You know, uh, just a kind of like mocap CGI, not uncanny valley effect, but a kind of a a kind of alienating effect where you you something something in you like some kind of internal sensor that you have knows that that these are not real people interacting and that these are not sort of legit human uh human interactions. So yeah, I b- before before we uh before we cut to commercial and go to go to halftime, uh thoughts about that? Uh or should we just come back and synthesize it after I the, I feel uh, like there's show. too
1: much to say about it in too many of the ads that were right down What you're talking about that I would love to go through. So maybe we leave it at that, and we'll come back after the half.
0: All right. Uh, After this musical bumper, we will return with our special guest and the uh, the what what do I call it? The generic light beer uh, halftime Trader Joe's. It's Trader Joe's. Sorry, it's it's a it's a cut above. Yeah, exactly. It's not like a uh, uh, I don't I don't even know. Um, It's not like a Bud Zero. You know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We will be right back. And we're joined now by overthinking a podcaster, Mark Lee, for the Generic Trader Joe's Beer (laughs) Halftime Challenge. (laughs) I'm cracking open a Generic Trader Joe's Beer and toasting you, Mark. Hey, you've been, uh, you're our uh, special guest for our Super Bowl halftime show. (laughs) Imagine
2: me descending from the rafters. Podcast show. Just sitting in a... With a sequined microphone and jacket. Um, just, just sparkling, lighting up the Tampa Bay skyline. He
0: started in a fancy car. Did that, I mean, did that, you know, occur? To uh, and,
2: and, and a Vegas tableau as well, because for reasons.
0: Yeah. That's uh, which was video. I gather because then he emerged yeah. through the alien, through the close encounters of the third kind door that was like, uh, you know, opened and, and shed light, yeah. um yes. out on the field.
2: Envision that as I enter this audio space and into your ears. Well, it's
0: been, it it, it's been a while since we've had you on the show, Mark. How, how are things uh, up there in the frozen North uh, with your new family member?
2: Uh, I can't feel my face.
0: <laughs> why not? Mark?
2: Because, uh, because I'm exhausted with, with caring for two small children. That is why. No, everything is going really well. Uh, yes. We, we brought a new daughter into the world uh, three weeks ago um, and she's doing great and the family is doing great. Um, it is predictably a lot of work. So, um, but I was able to steal away, um, for this special occasion, this, uh, most important secular pop culture holiday to talk about it with, uh, with my good friends, you two, Matt and Pete.
0: You did really hit a trifecta mark, right? If all, if only you had a new baby, Diano. Right. If only you had a new baby in the middle of winter when you're snowed in and can barely leave the house, you know, Dianu. Uh-huh. And uh, then if you add to that a global pandemic that forces us to isolate in family groups, uh, you really, you really hit the trifecta in terms of uh, sort of exhausting uh, things. So you're a hero. You're you're the the most valuable player. Oh, you're the, oh no, let's
2: know. let's talk about the real hero of the moment, uh, which are the the choir of Terminators, Terminator <laughs> backup singers uh, that that accompanied the weekend on his show. You know, when, uh, I mean, I, I, yeah. well, that was the high point at the beginning. And then it was kind of all downhill from there.
0: When I was, when I was a kid, I used to put underwear on my head and like run around because I thought it was, <laughs> you know, that goes on your bottoms, not your tops. And then you go, then you run around. And then around you to the go rob a bank. Yeah, well, yeah,
2: exactly. It had uh, that sort of flavor to it. That, um,
0: it definitely, uh definitely had uh underwear face masks. <laughs> all right. We're talking about, we're talking about the weekend. Uh Everybody's working for it. And sometimes we're watching it on television television. So, uh, the weekend did the halftime show? Mark, overall, what were your impressions?
2: Uh, it was fine
0: overall. It is so
2: difficult to judge this sort of thing because uh, you know it it's we uh, we're quick to think about the the benchmarks, the very high standard that previous Super Bowl halftime shows have set, and just kind of our general high expectations for just live spectacle, spectacular entertainment. Um, but uh, I gathered there were some you know safety restrictions uh, for the show, which is why at least most of it was in the stands, although I was confused by they started that it can ran out onto the onto the field for a big chunk of it. Um, so there's of course, that big aspect of it. Um, very importantly, at least for me, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not that familiar with the music of the weekend. Um, of course, I can't feel my face so it was a massive hit from a few years ago. Um, there are a few other things that I, I kind of uh, was was roughly familiar with as, as a show progressed, so I, had, I just generally had like kind of low expectations for all of it, and um, I, I think maybe the the one word that I'll land on definitively is it was alienating. Huh. Um, alienating. Uh, uh, for context reasons, first of all, just just to, let's have some real talk here, right? Like, you know, I live in New York City, um, the state of performing arts here. Anything like seeing live entertainment is dire, right? I, we've got like it is this, it is a highlight of uh, of the neighborhood that. One of the business organizations teamed up with uh, a local concert um, uh, music organization associated, kind of adjacent to the Lincoln Center, and have they have musicians who are classical musicians who are performing live in a vacant storefront, Um, and then their sound is being pumped out to the street, Um, and then uh, you know so so people will will gather and cheer enthusiastically because they're they are just starved for live entertainment. And, you know, they'll like kind of, you know, stand out there and huddle in the cold and listen to some, uh, some violinists play beautiful Bach music and, and applaud and then move on with their dreary existences because, uh, folks, uh, existence is dreary still. Um, so like that happens like literally every day this week. And then, uh, I, I flip this on and, um, you know, it, it's like, it's like trying to be, um, you know, this great spectacle and, uh, uh, of live entertainment. And then I, at least I, I hear, a roaring crowd, a, a live audience, and I'm just thinking, like, what? What is this on a different planet? This is just barely alienated from anything that I conceive of of being, uh, of being possible and and part of my existence. Um, and and so there's that aspect of alienation, and then the other just kind of being like the actual show itself, and particularly with the the, the cadre of underwear mask wearing uh, or Terminator mask wearing choir slash avatars of 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 the weekend himself um not 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 a particularly big fan of the whole thing i kind of like you know i feel like it didn't really uh come together to um you know exceed the 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 the, the sum of 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 its parts um but uh the the music was was fine (laughs) there was there was spectacle um no major mistakes were made it gave something interesting and flashing to watch and to listen to so those are my uh the kind of lukewarm takes Pete, what on that.
1: Well, I wanted to tell myself that I wasn't familiar with the music of the weekend and that would be why this happened, but I'm pretty familiar with the music of the <laughs> weekend. So for example, one might be forgiven for not realizing that one of the big songs that was performed was from 50 Shades of Grey yep. because I think was this is this the only mm-hmm. Super Bowl halftime show to have zero women in it in, of any sort? Uh-huh. Or was that Adam Levine did that too? I don't even remember. Maybe it was when Paul McCartney did it and it was just him. But it, but and I don't necessarily mean that that was the deciding factor, but it is always interesting in Super Bowl halftime shows, particularly when a song is taken out of a context and performed in the stadium and they don't do anything in the performance to resuggest the context if the context is very different from the, perfor- the context of performing it in a stadium. Mm-hmm. And so... For me, the chall- part of the challenge is that the weekend's music, it's 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 romantic and erotic, but it's not. It's like intimate. It's not slash standing in the desert wailing on his electric guitar. It's not even Beyonce with her like hair blowing in the wind, snapping her fingers and and like smashing fire hydrants or like uh you know riding Bonnie and Clyde with Jay Z. It, it it has this real. Uh, smallness to it, this closeness to it, this, He uses a lot of falsetto. he kind of pulls the listener in. And so I just didn't know how to grasp the idea of there being hundreds of him, because I always felt like, well, I felt like to the extent that I understood the weekend as an artist, I thought it was be- the point of the weekend, rather the big draw of him, was it felt like he was singing only to you. He was sort of a, a sort of a Brian Mcnightish take on, Ed, on the Ed Sheeran moment. Right. where It's like but better than Ed Sheeran in a lot of ways. Uh, But but sort of like drawing in the listener, uh, bring in that R&B quiet storm energy, but just making it very small and then producing it with this sort of modern and contemporary technology and production. So I just it was weird that he looked so much like Bruno Mars did Mm -hmm. when Bruno Mars's music is completely different. Uh, Right. And I noticed
2: that. Yeah. He looked like Bruno's Mars and that one song sounded exactly like The Killers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like he I don't think he even if you knew, you probably know The Weeknd's music better than it more than it you felt like you did watching that because I don't feel like in that performance he approached it as an opportunity to articulate an overall feel for his oeuvre, right? Or to make an overall statement that that sort of encapsulated the music that he was performing, right? It wasn't sort of like uh I mean, who are some examples of, of artists who did something like that? Uh, I mean, even something like Aerosmith or Britney Spears or something way back in the day or uh, uh, U2, right? Where it's like, this is, we are U2, and this is what we stand for, right? This is who we are. This is what we stand for. Not just these songs and not just this show, but if this is the only opportunity you get to see us, this is what we're like. And I feel like, I think, did The Who do one too? There was some random. Classic rock ones they did after the the uh, the wardrobe malfunction that felt that way where it's just like hey if you've never heard Paul McCartney before this is what he's like uh, and uh, which is a, a strange thing to ask but yeah I mean I don't know I I was delving deep on the postmodern self commentary deconstructed notions of celebrity and thinking about it and then I was thinking man maybe I'm just so angry that the that the the halftime show. Felt so weird because it felt so transgressive. It felt right. It felt so against the rules in a way that the football game that we were all watching didn't because the football game, I guess what? Wasn't really representing something that we were missing in the way that dancing was. Or maybe it's because the football game didn't ask us to challenge what was happening with our minds right it's like the football game is presenting us a, a something where a ton of wires have been set up in the background that are that everything is totally different behind the scenes than what you might actually normally think of this football game as being but it was orchestrated in such a way to give us at home the impression that it was similar to how it always is and and that was the point point. and in that sense it kind of alleviated that stress to a certain extent for certain people myself included in watching it like okay we have this pandemic going, they're playing football, uh, but, you know, it feels really familiar and I can turn off the part of my brain that's angry about it and just kind of take it on, take it for what it is like they're doing a lot of things, they're, they're outside, there's lots of stuff that's happening to back this up. But with the weekend, it was like, even though they were also outside and even though they were wearing masks, the whole thing just felt very oblivious to the contemporary situation which was strange, like in a way that none of the I mean, we've, we've already talked about a bunch of advertising stuff. But that's my take on it is that it felt it felt oblivious to the moment. It felt oblivious to the weekend. It made a whole bunch of statements about celebrity and self-obsession and externalized and internalized obsession with other people. And and but it didn't really it wasn't as sexy as I thought it was going to be. Uh, and, and and I wish there was at least one guest star. Because honestly, I don't think the weekend without his hair is enough to carry it because he's not iconic enough without his hair. he's well, a He's a great yeah. artist, but like he's he's not a, an icon without the hair. And even with the hair, he's not as much of an icon as you know Beyonce or Shakira. Right. uh, Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like, but like Pete, I'm, uh, when you say he's a great artist, I'm with you up through. He's, uh, the, uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's a really good singer.
0: (laughs) He is. Yeah, actually, like solid, solid, like tenor, you know, kind of pop tenor, uh, Tenor singing. I, You know, one one way to think about charisma is it's a quality that sort of draws you to somebody. Another way to think about about charisma is that it's a quality that lets you identify with somebody sort of charisma in a performer is like, you know, I don't know when you watch what, what would be like a non controversial example. Uh, Gene Kelly had charisma, right? (laughs) You have to go way back. You have to go with Mr. Peabody and the way back machine. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's like, Gene Kelly had, had charisma. And when you're watching Singing in the Rain, you're sort of watching him, you know, you're attracted to, you're attracted to what you're seeing. You like it. I mean, um, it's fun, you know, it, you know, feels good to watch, but also a little bit, you're with him, like you're, you're him a little bit and you're dancing if he's, if he's dancing. and the the sort of by that. De- definition in that particular facet of charisma the weekend has no charisma you know because like compared with i mean like it it seemed like actually like in in the suit uh a little bit with the new haircut this stuff uh and with you know bruno mars having been a super bowl performer it seemed seemed like it was a comparison that you've that was sort of being invited right and and bruno mars is oozing charisma right and what uh, you know the and uh yeah it just it and it feels good to to listen to him sing and to to watch him dance the way it felt good to to watch uh there there's another uncontroversial example gene kelly and bruno mars two people that i can (laughs) definitely say um had charisma and it just didn't it did i think mark your your choice of the word alienating was is absolutely right right like we didn't we didn't need like a a a like Masters, masters of fine arts and digital sculpture, master's thesis. We didn't need a, uh, you know, performance art like this. Didn't need to be like the the Cal Arts graduation show. We, we I
1: think we we left shark. All right,
0: That's what we <laughs> need uh, uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay, the, other okay, thing, so, so, the other thing,
1: the other thing I want old, to say. Sorry, Mark, ahead, but
0: yeah, one yeah. more. Let me get one more point out before throwing back to you. There was a dynamic sameness to the whole thing. Right. There wasn't like a quiet ballad number. There wasn't like a real, uh, you know, it, it like it, it ranged from sort of moderately loud to pretty loud. Everything was kind of at that medium tempo. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, there there was just kind of like a, a dynamic sameness to it that, that left it without a journey really and that you know so like one of the things you want in a performance in a live performance in a cohesive piece of art is is a journey all right thanks for for music wise yes
2: okay music wise yes i agree with you it doesn't take you on a journey um visually it tries to take you on a journey uh. um in particular with uh the uh extremely alienating and uh, not pleasant at all to watch uh, i can't feel my face with you sequence where he goes uh kind of Underneath behind the stage, Pete, you described it as wall clipping like in a video game, yeah. And then goes in, there's like the camera's got this crazy fisheye thing going on, right? And then from there, it uh, takes you back out into the openness of the open stadium, uh, right directly onto the football field itself. Um, so okay, fine, like it does take you on a journey, but uh, just go back to your point about uh, charisma and like you know, it feeling good to watch something, it was the exact opposite of that in the yellow, sickly yellow. Um, distorted fisheye uh, room with the underwear-faced mask people um, crowding around uh, while Bruno Mars oh, not Bruno Mars, <laughs> while the weekend sings. I can't feel my face with you, uh, Pete. I think you also have somebody kind of reacted with disgust <laughs> with that yes. sequence, right? I like I don't
1: entirely want to repeat. About what that just the idea of his face, kind of like coming very close and far away very rapidly, just felt like I was being subjected to a degree of erotic relations with the weekend that I was not consenting to, right? Like, it well, was not...
0: yeah. And it, as far as eros, right? Like the the thing, <laughs> like uh, it was very self uh, self gratifying as yes, far as yes. as far as eros is concerned. <laughs> and even though, like in the the Fifty Shades of Grey song, like it's the you know The weekend is like 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 a sexy guy um, it, it, it does seem like it's a little American psycho in terms of, uh, in terms of being sort of very self-regarding, you know, even, even while contemplating the act of Congress with another, yeah. <laughs> that, that like uh, the fact it was, it was a literal hall of mirrors and then the doppelgangers came out. The memes I'm already seeing on Instagram is, is the weekend in the golden hall of mirrors. And it's like when you're really drunk at the club and you're trying to find the bathroom, so that you can throw up <laughs> 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 stumbling back and forth through the hall of of uh mirrors mark what did you think of the national anthem
2: um i, I will uh admit that that was part what of the show where i was tending to one of my small children oh, okay the, very close but i'd love to hear your thoughts about it
0: Matt. well my my thoughts were uh it was um it how do you do? I actually liked it. I actually really liked it. It was pretty straight ahead. There weren't a ton of of harmonic tricks, which I think was a good thing. Uh, it ended uh, the Whitney Houston. It ended with the Whitney Houston ending the flat uh, flat six flat seven one, which is you know really tradition at this point. Um, and the other. The other thing is, how do you, how do you uh, sort of square the circle or square the triangle, I suppose, between doing it in three, four or four, four, uh, which is to say, Oh, say, can you see through the dawn's early light versus Oh, say, can you see? Through the dawn's early light, and the way they did it was by doing it in twelve eight. <laughs> so it was, oh, say, eh, 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 can you see by the dawn's early light? With I was just kind of beating out the the subdivisions there. So that was that was great. And then it it uh, metrically modulated to three four at the end, which actually gave the last bit a uh, uh, a lot of momentum. The fact that it was a duet, I think also was, was interesting, but the performance by her before that was the, the pre-show thing that I thought was, was particularly cool.
1: Would you describe this as the only entertainment you've seen recently that literally went to the lowest common denominator? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I
0: don't know. Pete, I've been watching say yes to the dress.
1: (laughs) Uh, fair, uh, fair 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 uh, uh, i also did not see the national anthem because i was attending to a small child and i felt bad about it but i'm glad that it was good
2: i mean can we talk about the politics of it for just a second right i mean it's like this is no stress to say that like it was a very intentional like let's get a black and white singer to do this together or hashtag unity 2021 okay. right
0: yeah uh but you know what it actually There's nothing like, wrong
2: with that right i mean like well okay Fine. like I, think, I could I could be very cynical about various political motives uh, of the NFL advertisers and various other stakeholders for this sort of thing but uh, I'm going to choose not to at least for this you time. know <laughs> if, I'm now.
0: it's there, there's a way in which there's a way in which in a way Mark in a way um and actually in a real way not in a Fenzelian way but in a way the <laughs> the um, it's bad if the show is bad and it's good if the show is good and the, the actual singing of the national anthem was good, you know? So that's like, uh, to a certain extent, like that, I re- I realize that is kind of, uh, um, a, I'm, I'm calling for a kind of thought termination at that point, but like <laughs> to a certain extent, like it was good and that's, and, and that is all, you know, on earth and all you need to know. <laughs> beauty is truth (laughs) truth beauty. but uh yeah um so uh yeah that that was good had a had a really good kind of wings and and nachos combination did you guys have anything uh anything in particular uh worthy of of describing in terms of snacks uh or uh drinks that you refilled at halftime i had a bunch
1: mark do you want to go for you didn't have any mark
2: what snacks? Yeah. Uh, no, no. I mean, I, there was <laughs> there was tending to children, and then there was cleaning up so that I could be ready to do this, and do then collapsed. Our little
1: one, our little one is nine months old, so we have enough bandwidth to make snacks. So we had, uh, we actually had a great, we had a great spread. We had ribs and we had nachos that uh, that Sarah made, which was delicious. And then we had found out we had some frozen empanadas we had made a couple weeks ago with my sister and her boyfriend in a tele empanada night, family (laughs) tele empanada night. Uh, And so we, we thawed the empanadas and, uh, and uh, made some fresh sauce for them. Sarah did. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was stress eating for some reason that I don't understand, probably because I went seamlessly from putting a child to bed to like, Scrutinizing commercials as hard as possible, <laughs> and so when when Sarah told me that I didn't have to eat everything, <laughs> hint hint, and I stopped well before having eaten ever anything. I think we ate less than half of the food we prepared. It was just nice to have a full spread. We have a lot of leftovers. Um, I've I've felt a little bit sick since then, so it was good, but it was a little bit much. And empanadas can be very filling. Masa is apparently a very dense and satiating food. <laughs> <Yeah>. Who knew? <laughs> Absolutely. But a Everybody bit who, knew who ate it for yeah. thousands of years.
2: <laughs> Good but a little bit much. That's the uh, uh, United States of America. Flower. nineteen seventy six
0: whether it's flour or corn that's that's filling the empty space inside you can you can eat until you're full this is Ben the overthinking at halftime show halftime show brought to you by generic trader joe's beer uh all right mark thanks very much we'll see you uh we'll see you next year <laughs> We're back. Wow. That, that, Pete, that was, uh, that was an incredible show, wasn't it? I liked how all the fireworks went off and the dancers fell to the, fell to the ground on the, uh, on the end. It was, it was really amazing that, that Mark really just fell over and lay motionless on the ground. (laughs) Probably, probably paralyzed with exhaustion after the, uh, after the particular night he's had. All right. You elected to receive in the first half. Uh, I'm electing to, uh, kick off to you. And what I'm going to kick off is the question, um, How do we synthesize the thesis and the antithesis that we presented in the first half of the, of the show?
1: So I wanted, there's one ad in particular I want to talk about because I think it was the most 2021 of the ads, which was the ad where for some reason they thought it was a good idea that the CEO of the company should personally sing a song to the whole world about their product, right? On a little Casio keyboard. This was for the oat, With milk, Uh right? Which, of course, was inventing the problem that uh, that that cow's milk comes from cows and not from humans, uh, as 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 a thing that I that all of us are supposed to care about as an urgent concern uh, in in this day and age. Um, And I mean, so well, Pete, you know,
0: cow meat comes from cows and not from humans. Yeah, you know, it's really should uh, we be
1: eating human meat instead? (laughs) But that's not that's not the point. That's (laughs) what he seems to be
0: saying in the commercial.
1: The, the, so, so, okay. So the, it is not an uncommon argument, right? And, and I don't think we necessarily need to litigate all of vegetarian and veganism, but I think because certainly, uh, you know, uh, they'd run out of energy halfway through the, uh, through the, through, through the, the court case and we'd have to break for Luna bars or something. Um, no, no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's the argument that milk is not made for people. Is relying on a kind of natural, a, a natural fallacy, right? A sort of normative fallacy that uh, that that organisms and and the food sources that the organisms consume exist in a prearranged teleological and natural relationship, right? Mm-hmm. That you know, if you were to encounter an animal in the wild or anywhere else, then the things that that animal eats, which you observe, are that way because. Uh, it has either been arranged that way or because you're giving a sort of greater agency to a uh, process of evolution that it, that has resulted in being this way. And you see the way that you currently see it as stable. Right. And as an equilibrium. Right. Like, OK, in this environment, you know, the uh, the lizards are eating the, uh, the the bird eggs and the lizards naturally eat the bird eggs. You can even venture to say that the bird eggs exist in order for the lizards to eat them in sort of a great way. You know, some of them hatch, some of them don't hatch. If the lizards weren't there, the birds would overpopulate, et cetera, et cetera, right? You can ascribe an agency to all of this. Uh, if you want, right? And you could say, well, if someone were to come along and to feed the lizard, say, like a corn substitute, you'd be like, well, that's not what the lizard is meant to eat. The lizard is meant to eat the eggs. Though if you were to consult the birds, the birds might have a different opinion of the matter, right? Uh, and of course you can't talk to the birds, which is part of the joke, because birds they don't the conversationalists, some of them are all right, but not the ones that lizards eat <laughs> the eggs of. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, you sort of but I mean that that's neither here. Nor, the point is that they the the proposition that uh that cow they, cow's milk was not even mentioned right the 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 notion that cow's milk is something that human beings shouldn't consume because uh it's created by an animal other than a human right uh and because other animals uh, don't generally eat the dairy of other animals right it's not a common thing so humans are doing this thing that a lot of other animals don't really do uh, this you're supposed to already be familiar with this argument if you're familiar with the sort of general discourse around vegetarianism and veganism as sort of proselytizing pseudo religions or political movements right like if you if you if you're getting yelled at to try to stop eating meat you're hearing this all the time you're already familiar with it Mm -hmm. um and so whether it's virtual real life whatever you're dealing with so um so but 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 the ceo comes out and he sings it to you right but he's not just singing it to you he sings it alone in a field right yes right that is right yeah yeah alone in a field as if he's the only person alive
0: exactly a field of oats Right, 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 and, right. And he's not good, right? Like, that. I, f- I feel like well, it's very, he's not
1: a good singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, go I ahead. feel like
0: that's a really important part of the the ad is that his song is stupid and that he is not <laughs> and that he is not singing his stupid song. Well, so, right. well, you know,
1: I, I, I was trying to only say I was trying to say is his point is kind of arcane. Right. Which is really all that I've gone, I'm not trying. Oh. <laughs> it sounds, none of this really relies on it being right or not, but more like it's niche. Right. Like, I don't expect most of the people watching the Super Bowl to be familiar with the rhetorical arguments that human beings shouldn't drink cow's milk because humans are some of the only mammals that or some say the only mammals that drink the dairy of other animals. Right. Like that's all pre-reading. That's all prerequisites to the Super Bowl ad, which, by the way, might I remind you a mere 20 years ago was monkeys dancing around and hitting each other with cymbals. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So so the subject matter of the of the song is arcane. The song itself isn't that great and the guy singing it isn't good at singing
0: is the trifecta. Yeah, right? that's it. That's it. Three. Oh for three.
1: So how does this? So. So talk to me about do you see this more as because it definitely seems to ascribe to your side of things, which is that the CEO singing by himself is the only person in the world.
0: Well, it's sort of, it's an invented, like the, the, um, you know, the real problem is that, is that, uh, you know, our mother is gone. Right. And like, uh, we, we two sad, sad sacks, Sally and me, (laughs) you know, are, uh, are stuck alone in the house on a rainy day. And in comes this cat, you know, uh, the, the, the real problem, right. Is that I'm alone in the field. You know, and, and to a certain extent, like, th- there are these compensations that happen. And one is that, like, I can feel like I'm, I'm living my life, uh, in some sort of ideologically pure way, right? Like, in, in accordance with, uh, with a set of principles, even if those principles don't really bear up under much scrutiny. Um, like the idea that dairy, which has been, you know, a part of, of human diets for millennia, uh is not you know sh- we should stop doing it now cuz we know better uh and we have oatly uh they just didn't have oatly before <laughs> <laughs> But
1: no, the we Romans had not yet discovered yeah. the natural oat milk that was always to be our sustenance
0: in the future. <laughs> right, exactly. That, like, no, yeah. the 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 Romans had cereal crops. You know, the Romans, cheese enthusiasts, <laughs> had cereal crops. Uh, like, uh, so much so that we named cereal after the Roman god of the harvest. Um, but the, you know, but that, like, yeah. The 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 in- I'm I'm trying to describe a dynamic and it's that the invented problem allows for a kind of triumph uh, allows for a kind of surmounting of a problem that is an unsatisfactory but only available kind of gratification uh under present circumstances those present circumstances being we're all we're all sort of separated from each other you know right. um and and that like uh yeah, yeah least i hope we're separated from each other man like the the pictures i'm i'm seeing coming in through the internets of uh people like getting together to party irresponsibly around the super bowl just pissing me off but you know that's not the that's not kind of the 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 public that's not kind of the the well that's part of the problem too right well right yeah Yeah, yeah, we're not even
1: alone together
0: yeah exactly (laughs) we're we're alone Yeah, exactly. We're, we're a number of responsible people being alone and like bearing the, bearing the, all the problems that that comes with. And then number of irresponsible people who, who decide that solidarity doesn't, doesn't apply to them. And that, that like, so that like, we're sort of doubly isolated, right? Like we're isolated physically for reasons of health and safety and we're isolated sort of morally and like, um, and and so like the idea that like the, this is i think like we can't make a better commercial you know we can't like make a a more involved commercial we can't have you know uh, uh, multiple people in the we can't even hire actors we have to have the the ceo sing sing this song that like as you say makes a dubious claim uh in a really bad jingle <laughs> you know he would not he would not graduate from jingle writing school with that jingle, uh, on a, on a chintzy sounding little synthesizer and singing very, singing very poorly. And that like, uh, but that, you know, but that's what we have, you know, and that like, yeah, you can, you can do that. I mean, a little bit, a, a little bit, I thought the M ad was like this, the the s- scene was very different. The kind of the scenario was very different, but the, it was a bunch of like, um, Individuals apologizing for uh, structural unfairness, like structural, um, you know, uh, kind of individual instances of oppression that are based on much larger systemic uh, issues that exist at at the level of a society, right, rather than the level of individuals, but like. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for mansplaining or I was, was one. And then like, of course, they had to twist the knife with like mansplaining is when, and the woman cuts them off and says, I know what it is. Give me the M&Ms, but like people apologizing for all of these things. Um, all of these sort of social wrongs with, uh, with a packet of M&Ms, right? (laughs) And like, it's sort of like, I don't know, the sheer, you know, the sheer tonnage. Right of of uh, sexism, the the weight of which has been uh, borne by women individually and collectively throughout the history of the you know of the uh, sort of patriarchal uh, societies. Right, like that's not going to be solved by a, a small bag of mediocre chocolates. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know that, but that like <laughs> what I have, what I have is. A uh, what I have is a bag of M and M's, and you know when when you have a when you have a bag of M and M's, um, you really can only pretend to taste the rainbow. I don't know. <laughs> take, me, take, uh, I mean, take me. I mean, I right thought here. it.
1: I thought it was interesting that the oat company thought that this that a CEO at this stage in the game is a sympathetic figure. Huh. Uh, I thought that was interesting, and maybe it is, or maybe it isn't. Generally speaking, I would have guessed that a CEO is not a sympathetic figure right now. Uh, And, you know, one wonders why, or I wonder why they didn't just have a lower level employee do it. Are they too worried that they're going to be laying off all their lower level employees? I don't know, but whatever. A good contrast to that ad, and another one that is along these lines, was the GM ad with Will Ferrell, which I thought made a lot of the same points in, but making fun of it while they were making them, right? Which was that, oh my God, The United States buys fewer electric cars, was it per capita, than Norway. And this is like a huge problem, right? Now, here's the thing. I believe that the CEO of the Oak Company, I'm willing to believe that the CEO of the Oak Company actually does truly believe that you should be a vegetarian or a vegan and that it's wrong to uh, drink animal milk and that a... uh, and that a, a kind of plant milk substitute is a very welcome alleviation of that problem. I believe that he thinks it. I don't see, I don't believe that he cares whether I think it or not, or even cares whether I exist, but I believe that he thinks it, right? Um, and and in that sense, in that ad, there's no dissonance. There's no kind of internal dissonance with the question of like, does anyone else care what I'm saying, Right. Like, have I have I paused for a moment to think about, not anybody else, whether or not the people who are watching me right now even exist or, or have questioned what I'm saying. In this ad, I know that General Motors is bothered by the fact that the penetration of electric cars into the U.S. market is not that big, especially the market segment they serve, which is generally down market from the market segment that the fancy electric car companies serve, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like GM needs to sell a lot of $20,000 cars, $30,000 cars, not 40,000, 50,000, 60,000, 70,000, 80,000, 90,000, 100,000 dollar cars. they sell those too, do don't get me wrong, but they need to sell a lot of the cheaper ones also, right? And uh and the idea that Americans in general aren't buying a ton of electric cars is a problem. I believe the GM thinks it's a problem for them, right? But I also believe the GM knows that I don't really care, mm. right? And and granted, and I, it might care in a sort of like intellectual way like it would be great if we can electrify our transportation solutions this would be a good thing in general maybe electric trains or electric cars or some sort of way of like Improving the efficiency and stopping the pollution, but like this is the Super Bowl where the ads have often been on a very personal level, like as in, have you looked in the mirror and questioned whether you're really a man or not? Right, has been like the, the theme of multiple Super Bowls, right? And it's like that's very direct and very intimate and very personal. Um, whether the the per capita penetration of electric cars in the U.S. is not that kind of problem uh, for most people. Um, as if it were more of them would buy electric cars. But the idea that Will Ferrell is like, this is the most important thing. And then he has to go out and find other people that care. Right. And, and there's this sort of frantic energy to go find other people. Uh, I feel like that that in 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 breaking expectations slightly, it only confirms the expectation. Right. Mm. Which is the point is that Will Ferrell is alone in his knowledge of the Norwegian uh, enthusiasm for electric cars and is separated. and has this huge anxiety of separation from everybody um, and is kind of rushing out and reaching out to meet all of them and is bringing them a problem. That is not the problem they currently have, uh, which, which sort of abides and possesses their days and nights. Uh, One of the maybe two or three problems that might be acceptable, right? To like position as the big problem right now, maybe four or five, maybe, but uh, it's not, you know, this. Um, I mean, you could say it's climate change writ large, but that there's a whole other. There, there were not; these were not commercials about climate change writ large, right? Uh, that was not the energy that was going on today. No, yeah, uh, not.
0: It was, it was about sort of consumption of a of, of a consumer good, right? And like the it, and and also like kind of marshaling a kind of competitiveness. You know, how, how is Norway beating us? But, but Will Ferrell is such a clown, right? That, and I mean that in, in a complimentary sense, you know, the character that he plays is, is such a kind of buffoon a lot of the time that like in choosing him as a spokesperson. You know, as a spokesman, it's a little bit like whatever he says is going to be untrue, you know, yeah. like be, because it's coming out of Will Ferrell's mouth. You know, you don't actually need to uh you know, you don't actually need to to take it seriously. And I sort of wonder, I mean, I, I kind of wonder if that ad was less about convincing people. I, cause I think GM is already committed to making more electric cars, right? Like the whole fleet is electric by 2035 or something like that, you know, um, some, some, something on that scale. And, and this might be more about like a permission structure for how to, how to kind of understand how to like stay a GM customer, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if, if you're, if a lot of the things that kind of like American cars, like what it, what did uh, Dominic Toretto say, American muscle, <laughs> uh, that like uh, you know, if if a lot of that is is going to change, though, you know, you, you'd be surprised at the the output in in, in you know torque of some of the uh, electric motors, but the the like it it won't be like it this this isn't your grandfather's car but no like in a bad way and that you know <laughs> that like um that they need kind of some way of of like easing uh, into that they being the rubes who watch the super bowl i suppose who who are uh, you know a class of people who i imagine are are uh, taken in by advertising whereas i am not which is you know probably like very dumb, very dumb i, me I, and I worry and that people don't know insulting. how
1: ironic you're being right now yeah that, <laughs> no that, that's what i'm saying I'm smarter than advertising and it doesn't influence me
0: <laughs> it doesn't influence me brought to you by the trader joe's domestic <laughs> they actually they famously don't advertise um, but is there lack of advertisement in itself? An advertisement? No. Gas okay, um, Tesla. Yeah. But that—that that uh, actually, like, I what, what I'm saying is, I I think I'm generalizing a incorrectly and and b in an insulting way. I'm concerned about a incorrectly that like um the. <laughs> a lot of the concerns expressed in the ads, like a lot of the kind of normative social claims or kind of like claims about the relationships between people, made me realize that like millennials have come into their own as a uh, you know, as a sort of demographic with a huge amount of purchasing power and like a really sort of dominant position in terms of like being marketed to uh by the messages because I, you know, it's the first time really I felt like passed by um, not just by the the entertainment uh, at the halftime show but the the by um sort of a lot of the messages and it see, it seemed to be talking to like a younger um a younger sort of more socially conscious uh, someone who like aligns their identity with um social issues in 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 a slightly different way uh than has been has been before right like eat chipotle so that the earth can heal you know right, is right. the is the kind of uh, ad that uh, that I'm talking about and and um you know and in that sense i guess like the the interesting one i don't know the interest uh, or like that the the so there were the yeah the so it's probably wrong of me to say that um you know super bowl ads are are for uh or at least all the super bowl ads the only people that super bowl ads are uh targeted at is the you know uh bud light drinking um you know uh, uh ford f150 driving uh cohort that's or chevy silverado <laughs> driving uh cohort it's it's not it's you know a lot of a lot of uh uh chipotle people a lot of a lot of people with tiktok accounts you know getting uh getting messaged by these super bowl ads i i guess like another one that was interesting to me in in this respect was in the in the respect of the issues that we're talking about was the Bruce Springsteen ad. Did, did you I mean, did that speak to you at all? Or was that like an interesting it was a tough one? That was a tough one. It right? really was, wasn't it? It's was a tough one. because So the
1: notion is that he's taught he's from the midpoint of the United States. He, like the geographical center of the continental from, United States, isn't he from New Jersey? No,
0: he was. He was. He was there in the commercial. <laughs> in, the, in the commercial, right? Well, I mean, the point. There's a meta. There's a meta setup, right? Which is that Bruce Springsteen doesn't do commercials. Never has. You mm-hmm. know, and that like this, this is numero, this is commercial numero uno for the boss, you know, right. and that like, and it's for an Italian car company. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I suppose now it is. Um, but that like, uh, it's for cheap. It's for cheap. <laughs> right, that's what we're talking it's about. It's for an American brand. I suppose, yeah. Uh, yeah. Owned by an Italian car, car. I mean, but they're, they're like, um, he didn't pitch a product. In in the thing, like, and it was like, the last thing was like brought to you by Jeep. That was the, that was the thing. Like he, you know, he wouldn't actually endorse a product. Uh, I guess some Jeeps appeared in the ad, but they, they weren't particularly focused on, you know, and they weren't new. Yeah, as as exactly. Like I,
1: didn't, I Well, if they weren't new, then they, I didn't notice. It wasn't like the new Jeep Wagoneer, right? Like it wasn't anything like that. And they
0: were sort of dusty because they were out in the roads of, but like there was no, there was no one else you know that that was the thing it was a it was a thing about like a comedy of man you know it was a thing about sort of fellowship and like uh uh brother and sisterhood um you know treating your neighbor like a neighbor and not like an enemy uh the like an end to the you know an end to these troubled divided times uh in in, in all the scare quotes um But like, no one, no one else appeared in it. It was very, it was very weird. And the landscapes in it were were very beautiful and very beautifully photographed, but were desolate. You know, like, um, and, and I guess we're sort of pegged to some of the copy, which was like, we will make it through the desert, which was like a really like, you know, wander for 40 years in the, in the desert, right? Like, uh, kind of narrative. We will make it through the desert. We will make it to the promised land. But like the, the, the America that it showed was like very, uh, foreboding, you know, and kind of, kind of unwelcoming, seemed kind of unwelcoming or, or hostile to, uh, to being to being lived in, and well, I mean, I they blew up the Chicken Man in Philly last night, Matt. They <laughs> blew up his house
1: too. All right. <laughs> last time he was in Nebraska.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, he wasn't in. Where was he? Was he in Lebanon? Yeah, Kansas. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that's um, uh, yeah, and this this thing that is by some some sort of measure the the geographical center point of the United. United States I don't know what beyond that beyond what I've said what were your reactions to it
1: well that way it was just tough because I think I feel like we've talked about I don't know really anything we've talked about on the podcast but we've both fairly recently read the book never split the difference yes which is a book about negotiation by an FBI hostage negotiator yes and a ghostwriter uh, um, and it <laughs> it puts out there that like the word one of the worst things that you could do in a negotiation is get kind of three quarters of the way there or two thirds of the way there. And then whatever you're at, uh, find the midpoint between the two positions and just say, that's your agreement. Right. Uh, and the reasoning, which for to me felt very persuasive was that um, in order for, and if you correct me, if I'm, uh, I'm paraphrasing the book, I've mean paraphrasing the book. I'm kind of re I'm re summing up the book is that, when two people are, have a meaningful disagreement and they definitely want different things and they have various levels of leverage over each other that they're trying to negotiate uh, and they're trying to get to an agreement of some kind because each of them wants something in, in the situation, then um, an agreement where somebody just says yes is worthless, right? You, you would much rather have an agreement that you know will stick or has a chance of sticking and that one of the big enemies of agreements that stick is putting something out there that people can say yes to in a non-committal way that doesn't actually tackle the sticking points that would come closer to the end of a negotiation. And that doesn't uh, really pose those kinds of final questions and kind of get to a resolution on them. Right. Um, and so in the sense that the center is I. I I know people talk about political centrism a lot. I'm not really a huge fan of the notion of political centrism, if only because I don't I think we too readily accept that these things exist on a single continuum. There are multiple continuums. There's multiple constituencies. People's preferences align differently. And even outside of preferences, their interests align differently. So uh, I'm not necessarily I don't necessarily think it's the case that the middle is equidistant from the two edges. Right. There is something that sort of feels like a middle and something that feels sort of like an edge. And we use those to describe what we're doing, perhaps because of the sense of alarm that's associated with it and also the sense of risk that's associated with it um, and also the sense of complacency that might be associated with it and the sense of safety that might be associated with it. But I don't necessarily think it really means that you're dealing with the middle of a seesaw, right, uh, where you're less likely to be thrown about. Um, and in that sense, I felt like So it's useful to say, okay, there's a middle in the sense of common ground, a place to meet, right, Uh, a a place to come together, which is, of course, one thing that we all crave right now and don't have. Um, But the notion that everybody would just sort of arrive at the middle. Felt like it was it, it felt like a cheat, right? I was like, Bruce, I don't get it right like that that every there are meaningful and really painful and difficult disagreements. Although at the same time, I think, well, you know, here's the thing. Bruce isn't really saying to everybody that, that there's a middle. Bruce is talking to the people who, A, know that's Bruce, right? Because I don't think it even mentions Bruce Springsteen, does it? No. Like he never mentions who he is and he's wearing a cowboy hat, right? Mm. So like, how do you know who he is? Unless you know what Bruce Springsteen looks like now, right? He's not just facing you with his butt and a handkerchief, Right. <laughs> uh, so, like, you have to know who Brett Bruce Springsteen looks like now in order to probably be the person that that ad is targeting. And I, and as I've mentioned about this uh, in a couple of conversations recently, the notion, the notion that a sort of reconciliation, a centrist reconciliation, is possible and desirable, isn't necessarily being, and isn't necessarily something that you would put forward to everybody, because you honestly believe that everybody is going to do it, it's something that you would perhaps put out to people who would want that, right? Or respond to it, right? Or care about it, right? Um, ironically enough, the, the, the section, right? The group that, that identifies with that, which in this case is being put out there to be like people who might like Jeeps, um, but also people who are hurting. So, I mean, I guess I guess the one thing I'll say is that that there were two commercial, there were, there were commercials about first responders which it's fine, but I like that the first responder got or the the nurse manager got to toss the coin. That felt like adequately respectful. Right. But some of the commercials about
0: oh no yeah it's it's, it's it's awful. Stand stand there so that so that I can use you in a prop for for my you know for advocating my position right like yeah stand there so that I can perform an adora an adoration of you that is you know uh, momentarily useful to me ad hoc to a particular to, uh, you know to a particular situation like that. Yeah. It's it's uh, awful. But you you want to honor the first responders, pay them adequately. (laughs) But you know, but uh, uh, sorry, Pete, I I cut it. Oh no,
1: it's okay. But but there were two ads that to me, the Springsteen ad matched with another ad to me that spoke to. really trying to take on the pathos of the situation. And so I believe that Bruce Springsteen is like oh, I've driven all over the country. I've toured everywhere. I've seen everything. I've seen the really sad places, I've seen the happy places. I've felt the pain and loss. I'm of course getting older and then very scared. There's a lot of scary things that are happening right to me and to the people around me, and to my friends and and to my family. Um with COVID, without COVID, all of it. Uh, and there's this 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 thing like hey, we can we can forge a middle, right? might be maybe that maybe that's what i was sort of missing on it was less of we can come to the middle because i'm like well you might go there and nobody's going to be there but i guess if more than one people go then the others will be there and i was a little bit reluctant about that and the idea this isn't really a solution for all of us um but i guess that that to the extent that bruce springsteen always sings of a promised land it's always one that may or may not actually be there when the time comes uh right and you have to take it on faith um and the other ad that felt like that was the bass pro shop ad and the track and the side by side ad mm. the like the ad for that stuff, which which made me weep a little bit honestly, which which to me was probably other than John Cena shooting mountain Dew out of his butt in the car um was uh was probably my favorite ad of the night um the shaving one was pretty good too, although it also had a sense of myopia about people's concerns regarding their facial hair in this moment um but uh. But yeah, the idea that the picture, right, of the father and son catching a fish, and it's like, what is in that picture, Mm. right? Like, what does that picture mean? Did the dad die of COVID? Is Mm. the son an adult now, and the dad doesn't get to see him, right, because he lives far away and they can't visit? Is that a grandson, and you don't get to see your grandkids because you're separated by COVID, right? like like and it's like what is it and and so and they and in that ad there are also people of multiple different ethnicities that are catching fish and i and it felt i don't know it felt to me that the feeling of the feeling of catching fish and the experience of catching fish uh is a cliche of course but it's an activity that people do and it's something that people like to do and and one of the weird consequences of this whole thing is 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 meeting outside right like the outdoors because of the relatively lower transmission of the virus in outdoor environments with wind and ventilation and space and stuff um you know you can have meetings outside under the right circumstances where you get to see your loved ones and the idea that like different people they're not all coming together to hang out and fish together right like like we're not saying that it's fixing that Right. But that each of them is having an opportunity to go out with their families and their people that they care about, and that they each have this the same sort of essential problem. It's really more of a pream Achilles moment, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, don't you realize that my Hector is dead, right? Like, do, and, and you and your Patroclus is dead, right? And we're mortal. And like, give me back the body of my son so I can bury him because out of this stance that we both sort of mutually recognize what's going on. Like, let's, I'm going to go fishing. And you're gonna go fishing. We're each gonna go fishing, right and, and and we're we're both trying to deal with the fact that right now it's been really hard to see anybody. I mean, I'm choking up even talking about it. Um, but just just the like the sort of the the photography and this and the sort of people presented without comments where it's like, when was the last time you saw this person fish and how old are they right now, and are they still around? right? Um that matched with the energy of the Bruce Springsteen ad quite a bit uh, to me. and um. And I mean, I don't know i've always I've, i side by sides are cool, but where the f would I take a side by side? You can't drive it on the road <laughs> like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't park it in the back. I can't drive it anywhere. I don't go anywhere where I would need it. um It's also really expensive, you know but um and I don't really I'm not good at fishing um but you know it's it's sort of like uh if what you're if if what we're saying here is that talking about our our distances from other people are unspeakable, right. That, Mm -hmm. like, that it's being omitted from a lot of these ads because it's unspeakable right now. It's like the the, the shaving ad can't say, hey, you know how none of your face-to-face interactions have, like, felt motivating with the stake of actual social connection and engagement? So you, like, stopped caring for yourself and you've just, like, grown a thicket on your face that you've maybe (laughs) shorn off four or five times with a hacksaw or, like, a machete, (laughs) right? Like, (laughs) uh, you know. <laughs> that's that's been my experience. And it's like, no, it's like, oh, yeah, we all have we have ha- men want our little daughters to braid their hair, and it's like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> that's true, but at the same time, it's like you also kind of probably need the little daughter to be able to go see your friends so that you could have some time to yourself. <laughs> like uh, and also that's not what's going on with your beard right now, right? Um it, that commercial, at the very least acknowledged and, and 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 need that they expected their audience to have, although I do take it as a point that a bunch of those ads, though though not uniformly, were probably addressing things that felt immediate to some people who just have a different cultural vocabulary than me, and I was just like, that's what you care about, that's not what I care about yeah right and 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 I feel like in other Super Bowl instances and other advertising instances there have been a lot of situations where it's like, okay, they're talking to somebody other than me, but I get that there's a message, right? And here it kind of felt like there wasn't even really a message because there wasn't like a transmission and a reception. Yeah. But if, anyway, sorry, I've I've gone off and I've monopolized for too much. But I would just say that like, if we're in a sort of Hamilton situation where, you know, it's the unimaginable, right? Mm-hmm. We can't talk about what's happening with our relationships with other people and how, how distant we are from them and why. Uh, so some of the ads were just going to pretend that, You're the that you're, you know, you're bound up in a nutshell and you're the king of infinite mountain Dews, Right. It's it's like it's like you can you can cram yourself alone into a 3D Doritos vending machine (laughs) and there you can expand to become yourself right and uh or right or we can get close to the idea of talking about it by talking about our distance from each other politically or the pain of all that stuff or like or we haven't really talked a lot about the racial inclusivity and and hey don't don't murder people because of their race stuff which i think is just like at this point i don't think anything was said that was new uh that would be enriched by our participating in it other than to acknowledge that it's happening and it's important um uh, but but this, then this other further notion of like, here's just a picture of two people hanging out and it's like, bah! <laughs> right, like, I can't take it. <laughs> I just can't take it. It's called a side by side because you ride it side by side, Matt. <laughs> and the side by side in the commercial was empty.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to have to punt to you. I've talked for too long already and I'm mentally and emotionally exhausted. The, the Super Bowl podcast is the second punchiest podcast every year except for the Oscars. Well, because we get
0: uh, yeah, it's so it's so uh, it's so late. The the you know, it's it's the um I mean, with the Super Bowl and the Oscars with one, you have the veneration of uh you know, of a bunch of of overpaid but ultimately vapid and vacant human beings. And the other is the Oscars. <laughs> <But> the, the, <laughs> at least they're all married to Brazilian supermodels, right? So it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, I think we're gonna have to leave it there because we're uh, we're we're wrapping up on time. We are uh, very uh, interested, though, in connecting with you, our listeners. However, we can do that. So uh, if you want to send us your takes in the comments on the show notes for, for this podcast, your favorite, you can, I think you can just copy and paste in a link and it, it might auto embed. I'm not totally sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, link, link up some of your favorite commercials and we can talk about them together in the comments on, on the show notes. It is not, um. You know, it is not a substitute for for meeting in person. Maybe when this is all over, we can have the second in person meet or third, I suppose, in person meetup uh, in the history of this site. But um, you know, it's uh it, it might be the best we can do for a little while. All right. Um, thanks for listening, Pete. Thanks for for speaking with me uh, and uh, for staying up very late as you do every year on the East Coast for the Super Bowl podcast. We'll be back next week with more overthinking a podcast. Till then, visit. Us- on the web at overthinking it, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny. It and probably, probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. deserve.
1: Matt, did you hear they're making an Uno movie?
0: What? Oh, yeah, my they, goodness!
1: They, they option an Uno. We could have an overthinking it game night. The second one after <laughs> the Battleship one. <laughs> It'd be great. That was so fun. Oh, you know, I, I would I would like to say that uh, that these couple years have scored some hits, but I don't think they've sunk <laughs> this Battleship just yet.